This podcast series is sponsored by Havwitz, the prevailing name in beautiful wood flooring design. Gracing the surfaces of hotels, workspaces, private residences and more, Havwitz offers stunning wood flooring and cladding options in all conceivable colours and designs. Visit our showrooms today or contact us for more detail at havwoods.com forward slash UK. Hello and welcome to the interior design business. My name is Jeff Hayward and I'm here with my co-host Susie Rumbold, past president of the British Institute of Interior Design and creative director of Tasuta Interiors in front of a live audience of designers at Design Central Northwest, Capestone Hall. Today, we're going to ask, is interior design too London-centric? So, for the UK interior design industry, London acts like a black hole, sucking in product, education and designers to the exclusion of everywhere else. Little wonder you might think, when with a population of 9.3 million people, it's more than three times the size of its nearest rival city, Manchester. But is this how it should be? Talented and professional interior designers are constantly completing challenging, world-class, complex projects all over the country. And is this situation inevitable? Or is the gravitational pull of London so great that these designers will always be poorly serviced by suppliers, educators, and by the design community at large? Welcome to the interior design business. Today, far, far away from the bright lights of London, we are joined by Fiona Watkins of Fiona Watkins Design, Kath McCubbin, founder of Design Central UK, and Kate Hatherall of the Interior Designers Hub. We're going to answer these questions and hopefully solve this conundrum. But before we begin, actually, I was going to ask, could each of you give us a brief introduction to yourself and your business, so how long you've been established, you know, the sort of projects you do. So Fiona, do you want to kick that off first, please? Mm -hmm. um, I'm Fiona Watkins. I have a small studio in Cheshire, Fiona Watkins Design, and um, I had my business for 15 years. I have a small team. There's just four of us. Well, five. <laughs> um, but um, we work on all sorts of different projects, mainly residential, um, so no commercial. And I'm Catherine Cummin, and I was an interior designer. I first met Fiona Watkins over 20 years ago, along with Dawn, who's in the audience, when we all worked together at Laura Ashley, where we started out. Um, I then went freelance and then eventually started Design Central seven, seven years ago. And this is now our 11th show, so we do more than just the Northwest. And I'm Kate Hatherall and I run the Interior Designers Hub. Um, I used to be a teacher and I retrained as an interior designer. Um, and throughout my training and at the end of it, um, I came out at the end of it not knowing how to run a business. After much heartache, uh, the hub was created in order to support people like myself um, to get them into the industry and to really know what they were doing and protect them from legal problems and all sorts of things like that. Great stuff. The first question really, are there many interior designers working in the regions, particularly the Northwest? What do you say, Fiona? Yes, there's a lot of designers here. Um, through my involvement with the Northern Design Awards, uh, we see a, a huge amount of uh, talent, designers, architects, um, designer makers. Um, so there is a huge wealth of talent north of London, for sure. And presumably, you wouldn't have shows unless there were. 
absolutely. So it's not just in the northwest, it's over the whole country. So there's a Scotland show that David runs, that he's been running that for years. There's, I know, a fabulous interior design practice that works out just outside of Inverness that do amazing projects. The whole country, there's about 60 million people in the UK, only 10 million live in London. The other 50 million live all over the UK. So it would work out that there's a lot of designers everywhere else but London. But you also must get a real sense of it because you know how many people register for your shows. Yes, so we've got a thousand people registered to come wow. here for the wow. next two days. Um, the other shows, they're, slightly, they're smaller events. They normally have about five to 600 registered. You get a dropout rate, but that's around about the, the figure. Um, and then there's, you know, there's still untouched markets within that. So you might get small hotels who don't have an interior designer, but do that work themselves. That then sparks an interest for one of their staff members. And the next thing you know is you've got somebody training to be an interior designer who maybe comes to Kate and goes through that practice, as it were, rather than, say, KLC or something like that. And, and Kate, how many of the people that you help are London-based versus regional? So we do have a pocket of people mm. that are in the southeast, in particular. Um, there you know, is definitely a higher concentration of people there. But we have designers from all across the country. And when I say the country, I don't just mean England. We have designers in Scotland. Mm. We have designers in Wales, both parts of Ireland as well. Um, and it, it's very much that there is life outside of London. Mm. Does the, the balance reflect the size of the population in the two areas? I know you say 50 million, but it's, I think interior designers probably centre where there's, there's wealth. So how reflective is, is the rest of the country, do you think, in that respect? Personally, I, I think, it, yes, you do get interior designers centred around areas that are seen as wealthy. However, I think that interior design is becoming more and more accessible to the masses. That sounds contrite, I don't mean it to. But more and more people are looking, if they're spending a lot of money on their homes and people are investing more in their homes, mm. they want to get things right and they are starting to look at using interior <coughs> designers. Mm. And I think, you know, sort of Dawn is in the audience, myself and Fiona, we started at Laura Ashley as interior designers and we did have a very good base there and a good training at the start. And I think that's sort of what Kate is, has now, is doing because that's not there anymore. And Laura Ashley brought interior design to the mass market mm. from the very beginning in mm. some ways and then continued that with its designers who then visited people in their homes. But nobody else has picked up that mantle. So you've now got lots of independent freelance interior designers mm. doing that sort of thing. Mm. So it's, it's accessible to everybody. It doesn't have to be to someone who's wealthy. And do you think that since COVID, because I know there was a flight to, to the, to the provinces, mm. wasn't there, mm. during COVID. Did many interior designers leave London and, and head yes. for regions like Trishop? Mm. A lot of our reps are saying mm. that there's a, been a huge move mm -hmm. north from... So these were practising interior designers in London? Yeah. Maybe they worked for larger practices and then decided to become independent. Yeah. They were working on their own at home, etc. So, yeah. yeah. It's a quality um, of life. Yeah, and not just the north. I, we, I've noticed that when we do the South West show, and again, our exhibitors, they're meeting with designers who were based in London, who left London, mm. and they're now centred around Cornwall, um, Somerset, Devon, all those areas. They've moved that way. So they've sort of gone along the M4, for want of a better word, and <laughs> planted themselves there rather than go up the M6 and plant themselves up here. It's both ways. So, Fiona, is the market expanding? Yeah, to, well, towards yes. Towards the number of designers? Definitely. And this is a huge area which will support a lot of interior designers. Yeah. However, with my own... Um, practice you find your niche mm -hmm. I don't do commercial we just do residential so another designer may wish to do commercial mm -hmm. so 
you will find your niche and your target where you want to go. It takes a few years. Mm. It took me a long time, but you find where you want to work, so then, then you concentrate on that. And there, as I say, this is a vast area and we work all over. We don't just work in Cheshire, mm -hmm. we work all over. So, it, you know, it's, um, there's, there's definitely plenty for everyone, mm -hmm. for sure. Kate, you're probably seeing growth all across the country in your services, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned, Susie, about COVID as well and the impact that that had. And I think there were many people that actually came into the industry during that time. And we certainly saw an explosion of designers joining our membership during that period because a lot of people were furloughed, were made redundant, and actually it gave them the chance to reevaluate what they were doing with their lives. And we did see a lot of people entering the industry. Now, these are quite often, and we see this a lot, that a lot of people that retreat trained to become interior designers are actually doing so as a second or third career and they're often slightly older they're already established they've got children in local schools and the last thing that they want to be doing is moving to London in order to pursue something that they're passionate about um, and we as I said we have designers all over the country um, and they're not all going to be heading to London and upending their mm. lives um, just because they've changed career. And probably another impact of the pandemic was that we're used to working from home, so it's easier to operate in that sort of environment now. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think as well the explosion of social media as well over the last 10, 15 years as well has really brought it home to people as something, as Kath was saying, that is more accessible to people these days. However, as much as you might like looking at beautiful images on Instagram, achieving that for yourself in your own home is a difficult thing to do. And I think that's where the interior designer comes in and people do find it more accessible um, and they are not just thinking of it as something that is an elite London-based thing it is out there all over the place. Do you think most designers regionally tend to work from home or do they do they go to offices? Yeah, the vast majority of people that we work with certainly work from home. Um, and there are thousands of independent interior designers that just work for themselves. <coughs> they don't have a big studio or, or, or a studio at all. It is just themselves. They may collaborate with other designers as well. So if they get bigger projects, they collaborate with other designers and other professionals to build a project team. But there are lots of people that are working on their own from home. Interesting. I do remember, and it's it's a it's probably about it's it will be about the time I started Design Central actually, and I shared a taxi with somebody from the harbour to the station. It was um, a rep who I didn't know particularly well, and we got chatting about what I was doing, and this is what we did, and we were talking about home workers as they were perceived then, so designers who worked from home. So the recession hadn't, you know, was not long over. A lot of designers were struggling to keep showrooms open because of the overheads and the costs, mm. so decided to work from home. But these designers were being derided for doing that. They were just home workers. They weren't taken seriously. Mm. Yet some of them had had practices for years, mm. and it was really not a good way that the industry was looking at how these people were working. Mm. And then, of course, you get COVID. Everybody's working from home. Oh, it's all right now, yeah. because everybody else is doing it. But those people who started doing that could see the best way to make the business work for them was to actually focus from where their base was. And I think people have been um, surprised by how possible it is to work from yeah. home as well and how perfectly possible it is to create community, to create connections in an online way. Whereas in the past, you know, many people thought that, that had to be done face to face. But in fact, I know for sure that a lot of our strongest relationships are actually those that are online because it brings together people that have the same passions and the same interests, no matter where you're based geographically. Yeah. So you okay. don't have to be in London. 
Do you, just out of curiosity, do you, are um, you studio based or? Yes, yeah, studio based. Although I have a very short commute next door <laughs> because I work nearly, well, it's attached to home. So, but that's a conscious decision that I made because I like the convenience of it. I like having a team in the studio though. During COVID, I found it enormously difficult mm. to work because we, our desk is, we're, we're all joined together and we collaborate on everything, so I find that quite difficult. Some design friends that have had studios um, found it quite difficult because they get a lot of people coming in, time wasting, taking up a lot of their day, so it became apparent that they would then have to do more, more appointment-based work. So, yeah, as I say, people that had studios, had um, showrooms, have then gone to sort of more appointment only. That's the, the majority of people that I know that have studios, that's what they've done now. They've made it appointment only so that people just can't walk in, even if it's on a high street, um, just because of the time, managing their time better. Are there any barriers to entry, do you think, for designers who want to work in the North West or other regions? No, I don't think so. It's, it's what you make it. It's what you want it to be. How's the best way to achieve that? Do you need to do courses? Do you need to join the Interior Design Hub? Do you join the BIID? How do you focus on all of that? How does that work? Mm. And then away you go from there. And the projects, Fiona, <clears throat> they're just as complex as you would get down mm. in London. They're just as uh, challenging for a designer, aren't they? Yeah, it's, it's, absolutely. In fact, if, if more so, I'd say, with some of the, the beautiful old properties you've got up here yeah. in country estates, it's, it's, it's vast, yeah. isn't it? We have a vast amount of wonderful properties mm. and a lot of what we do is restoration refurbishment. So yeah, equally as many as there are down, down mm. south, for sure. Do you think London designers think they're superior to their out of town colleagues? Me? No, I don't think that. Oh, I think they do. Do you? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I well, do. my experience might be different to yeah, yours, Yeah, exactly. Kath, We've all had different experiences, haven't we? It's true, but I think, well, when I, st when I joined the BIID, I did find it a little bit overwhelming actually. I think I, well I know that in the last however many years, five, seven years, it has completely changed. It's far more welcoming, mm. far more inclusive, far more collaborative, everything, all those lovely words. Mm. When I first started it was terrible. I had some awful experience with other interior designers, but we, we don't do that. Mm. You know, we like to be friendly and welcome and share knowledge and, Kate, what do you think? Do you think there's a, a certain snobbery? Um, no, I don't. Um, I don't think there's a snobbery based geographically. I do think there is an elitist um, kind of feeling mm -hmm. between higher end designers and those that serve the yeah. more sort of mass market. Um, but no, I mean, we've got designers in the southeast, we've got designers in London, and they're all equally as lovely as those in the northwest mm -hmm. and everywhere else. Good, that's good to hear. Okay, practicalities. How easy is it for non-London designers to source product for their projects, Fiona? Well, I mean, obviously mm. I've been doing this for a while now, so um, you build up relationships, yeah. and these are from visits to various design shows, whether it's to ones in Birmingham, whether it's to ones in London, whether it's to lovely Design Central here or, or wherever. That's what you do, and you, you then build on those relationships. Mm. So sourcing product, I mean, the huge, if you think about what is from Birmingham upwards, we have fantastic mm -hmm. brassware manufacturers, we have a, the hugest upholstery is like Long Eaton. Yeah. You know, it, there's all of these things which are sort of local mm. to our okay. area. Um, so I think, easy really, you mm. just look. 
Instagram, social media, <laughs> yeah, things I like mean, that. I agree with Fiona, there is so much around, you've got to look for it. You know, mm. Here at Design Central, some of our exhibitors do have London showrooms mm. and they know that they do not get the visits from the regions. Mm. And I don't just mean the northwest, I mean the whole of the rest of the country. Mm. Um, but a lot of these people who are here don't have these big showrooms in Chelsea. So they will do shows like this and they'll do maybe Scottish interiors because that's how they get their contacts. But equally, that's how people in the regions can make those contacts. Mm. Um, you know, the sofas we're sitting on, they're from along Eaton. Mm. You can catch up with James and um, Ian down the corridor here. And if you want to go and see their showroom, they have got the most amazing showroom. They just don't shout about it. Mm. But it's all about, for them, it's all about the relationships that, that they make at events like this. Mm. And then you've got that relationship as a designer with them. And whatever you need, they will help you sort that out. Mm. So it's, 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 it is, I think it can be quite easy if it's the right thing that you're looking for. Mm. If you're going into the harbour and you go into a showroom for some fabric, they'll glance at you and they'll glance away. They're not interested. And I think that's what a lot of people see and that puts them off, but it shouldn't be like that. Mm. It doesn't okay. have to be like that. Okay, do you have a perspective mm. on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I'd agree with that really. I think there is this kind of feeling that Design Centre Chelsea Harbour is like the only place that you can go and you know without a doubt it is kind of a mecca for interior designers it's a fabulous place but it's not the only place um, and I think it's um, something to do with experience as well I think the longer you're in the industry the more suppliers you become aware of the more product you become familiar with um, and you um, you know you build up your own sample libraries um, you become aware of what's out there um, and you don't always need to go and you know check if you know a supplier and you know their quality and you know their credentials You've seen them you felt it you've had that tactile experience yeah. of what their product is You don't need to do that every single time you specify a product um, So I don't think that there is always the need to go to the um, you know the, the showrooms of these places But there are as the others have said on the panel there are places all around the country that do have showrooms mm -hmm. outside of London I think London is fantastic and you know for international things as well it's important that people have their you know flagship stores there mm -hmm. um, but there are certainly lots of other places throughout the country. But moving away from fabric for a minute what about other things you know things like bathrooms to aisles lighting mm -hmm. do you think in the regions that you have access to this when you think about mm -hmm. London we're so spoiled for choice it's mm -hmm. all you know you can't mm -hmm. you can't step out the door without tripping over a slide. Um, <laughs> quite literally sometimes yeah but you know what I mean there are there are many other product types yeah there's do you think it's yeah, there's loads up here absolutely, absolutely loads. loads there's some amazing um, bespoke kitchen makers yeah. furn bespoke furniture makers tile yeah. companies yeah yeah fabulous tile yeah. showrooms yeah um, and yeah. they often hold events whether it's tiles mm -hmm. or flooring from lovely headwoods yeah um, you know, they, they put on events, they invite designers and you can, you, and they're all local, you know, so we can get there and you can see all the new product mm -hmm. and, you know, it's really, really useful. There's a, a huge mattress company, I think, opening the showroom in Nutsford soon as well, isn't there? So, yep. you know, it's, and I think when these designers, perhaps at COVID, moved out of London, they moved out of London because they were following customers. Their customers were leaving London because mm. a lot of people left London, not mm. just designers. That's right. It sounds like that's a trend too, that mm. there is this kind of mm. dissemination yeah. of, of what was a London-centric thing, perhaps that's beginning to dissolve into the yeah, region. Possibly. Just, which is possibly. great. What about sampling? Is it, is it easy to get sampling? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's often next day yeah. delivery. Um, if you've got good trade accounts and good trade relationships, yeah. there's no problem getting samples at all. 
and they send samples from the London drums or from where are you going to send it? Where are they getting some? Wherever they have their Yeah, it depends on it as well. You can use companies like Swatchbox who yeah. collate all the samples and then just send it out in one hit, which uh -huh. is very good because it's not you're not getting loads and loads of different packages. Yeah. You're choosing things and getting them all sent in one okay. in one go. Mm. Is there actually a, a design hub in the northwest? Is it Manchester or is it? It's design Chester. central. It's, is, is there somewhere? it's ours. It's you. It's, it's but you're here just two days. We're here just two days a year. Yeah. I know. I told her she needs more shows. Come on, Kath. We've got more <laughs> shows. Come on, Kath. But I mean, do you um, think somewhere like Chelsea Harbour could work up here in Wilmslow, Nutsford, or somewhere? I think if you had somewhere in the right place and it and it was. It, in the right location, yeah, which location. Is, is, I don't think is Manchester at all, because it's becoming more and more difficult to get into the city if you don't mm. drive. If you drive, yeah. if there isn't enough public transport, it's very hard to get into the city mm. now. Mm. Um, but somewhere that's easy to get to, that has got a rail link, has got motorways, motorways that type of thing, it should, it should be fairly simple. I suppose mm. for brands it must be an investment decision. It is an investment. Mm. I mean, to invest in a, heart, in a showroom in Chelsea Harbour, the cost is mm. extraordinary mm. and they've got to make that work. But if you go to the harbour when there's not an event on, there is nobody there. Mm. You know, the showrooms are all manned, but it's empty. And I think if you've got somewhere, if you had somewhere in the northwest, you'd need to make sure that it was constantly viable and it was lively and there was things going on mm. and it was accessible to everybody. I think if you had something like the harbour up here, you'd, you'd have to be careful that it didn't become too... Um, too like? Yeah, yeah. You said that, not me. I think it's just longer and more frequent shows, Kath. Well, I'm going more frequent yeah. shows. Yes. I agree. Okay. You can do it. They're all ganging up on me now. <laughs> and what about the reps? Do you get visits from everyone? Do you find? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Plenty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. they contact you or you have to contact them? No, they always contact them. us mm -hmm. when there's like new collections to launch or quite often as well. Um, because obviously we have to hold book libraries. Um, it's not a case of going to a central place and looking for fabrics, etc. We hold libraries. Um, so sometimes we're looking for something particular and we'll phone whichever rep and say, look, we need this, we need this. And they'll usually come with all their sampling and you can scheme using all of their... Yeah. I think a lot of London designers are perhaps in the habit of not having book libraries because yeah. they maybe don't have the space. It's maybe. so expensive yeah. to live down there and they go into the harbour to, to do sampling. Mm. Whereas up here, the sampling generally sort of comes to you. Mm. Yeah, I, I think, um, actually, I, if I'm honest, I think that the days of individual designers having lots of fabric libraries, uh, lots, of, lots of books, are probably um, waning, coming to an end. Um, I do think that with the availability, the quality of the imagery that's on websites, the fast availability of sampling, getting stuff to your house, people don't want to be investing hundreds of pounds in one fabric um, way when you've got so many suppliers out there. And I just don't think that it's economically viable to be buying fabric books from all of the different brands that you want to be specifying. And in fact, it's much more cost effective to be familiar with the different ranges, but then to order individual samples of the things that you want to be specifying. If you go back into the mists of time, once, you know, um, Coffex and Fella, for example, we used to 
Mm-hmm. Had to buy mm-hmm. books from them yep. to the tune of 800 quid's worth mm-hmm. a year, which mm-hmm. that's a lot of books. Yeah. Um, per annum, in order to actually have a drain account, yeah. Yeah. they wouldn't allow you to trade. They don't do that now. Mm-hmm. No, but I must say, we it? do use our book library a lot. Yeah. Um, we And again, it's finding mm-hmm. your niche and what you yes. like and what you know you, your customers mm-hmm. will like. You know, we only have about, I don't know, five or six brands that we use regularly and we hold their books because it's very useful and we we find it useful to use them and it's inspirational you know you have all these lovely books and imagery and things so for us it's it is a big thing that we do still use. I do think that if you 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 can try to have too many different brands yeah you can you need to limit yourself to you find your sort of your your style is not the right word, but what you know you will use, what yep. you think your clients will like, because yeah. you know what your clients' base is, you know what your clients like, what they would like. A new book comes out from a rep and you think, oh, I know such a body would love that. Yep. You know, I've just been down the corridor and seen one, I thought, I've, I've got a client who would love that. And you keep that tight, like Fiona says, so you've not got lots of yeah. books. But if you need something different, you and, can then And go also out keeping them a bit niche so that they can't go to the high street and find yeah. it. You know, you find it's, things that are special yeah. because when a client hires an interior designer, they mm-hmm. want something special, something unique, something yes. different. So by having niche brands that are only sort of trade brands, they're not in John Lewis or, yeah. you know, then. And again, that was something that I learned very early on. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to have, you know, product and brands that were quite niche. Yeah. In the interest of sustainability, the worst thing that can, you can do is, is build a scheme around a fabric that's from a, a high street retailer. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that, you know, it's so obviously spring, summer 2023. Yeah. And it's going to date in about five minutes it, flat. Absolutely. That's right. Or the client just then goes into John Lewis and goes, oh, I'll just buy it in John Lewis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. that's that's not what you want. And it is, it's about finding different brands. Again, which is why we've got, you know, lots of different things. That's like right. Maria Flora, things yeah, like that. that's right. You know, that's not on the high street. No. Nobody will find those lovely linens. That's right. In John Lewis. I must say, listening to you, I'm, I'm getting a sense that there's a shift going on. That there's a real confidence about you. And do you need London? Unless you want to go to a party, no. <laughs> I do. <laughs> what, do you, what do you need London for? I was for, being Fiona? very flippant. <laughs> I'm going to London. I'm, I'm sorry, I can't yeah. say no to that because I do. I love it because I still find it very inspirational. Mm-hmm. Shows like Clark and Well are fabulous it's very buzzy you get it's the atmosphere it's like mm. hair care yeah right so you get the atmosphere where all these people looking at books and everyone's positive and enthusiastic and that's you know we love that so and my more... son lives down there as well so i go visit so, yeah. so it's yeah. more of a social buzz you would say well it is yeah it is yeah we're and there to work but it's also very social you know and i think that can be achieved anywhere in the country as we see yes. here it's yes. about bringing people together um, bringing product together that helps in suppliers and getting to know people but it doesn't have to be london and actually if you look at the geography of the uk actually getting to london is really difficult for lots of people um, i mean we're only in north somerset and you think that's not too difficult kind of you know we're just going east to get to london but actually no. if you're using public transport in particular getting there is a real pain mm. and it can take five hours or more to get to mm. london it's not really feasible for you to be doing that on a regular basis um, you know and if you're living down in Cornwall or you know in much further away places um, it's just not feasible to do 
it. So I think you can get that real buzz. Um, you can meet like-minded people all over the country. Um, and thanks to events like Kath and her team put mm. together, it makes it possible for people that aren't able to get to London. Mm. I don't think we need it, sorry. No. I was talking to an exhibitor who was in um, down at Focus last week, and they felt that London is becoming more social, that they were not doing sufficient business, for want of a better word, whereas when they come to events like this, they know that it will be quite social, it's quite relaxed, but they will. the designers who come to this event and all of our other events, they're there to work, they're there to find suppliers, they're there to look at new collections, they're not just here socially to catch up with a mate from down the road and things like that. They want to be here and they want them to be here. Mm. So by them investing in coming to Design Central, because it, it costs them to be here, and not just you know to, to be here, but also in staffing and everything else, they're getting a return on that because the designers who come are appreciative that they've come here and they haven't got to go to London to mm. see them. So it's a whole, same at the Southwest. You know, there was such a buzz in the Southwest when we did the show this year, as you, you well yeah. know. Yeah, really brilliant show. Really yeah. Go to the Southwest. <laughs> so obviously it's not just the harbour, but you mentioned Clerkenwell, but mm. I mean, you know, in, in London now, we've got Clerkenwell, yep. we've got Shoreditch. Sure. There are so many yeah. different design districts. Yep. Do you think regional designers are able to cover all those bases? Do they need to cover all those bases? I don't know. It's very individual, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's what people want to do. Mm. I like to go there because I find it personally quite inspiring. So. It's, it's very individual. For us, I mean, we don't have the same hassle that you have, Kate, getting... No. For us getting north to south, I can get down there in an hour and 40 minutes, so it's, it's really not a big deal. Um, but again, as I say, there's a vast amount of showrooms, there's pop-ups, there's all sorts of very, very interesting things like London Design Festival as well. You get, again, just niche brands and that's what we're looking for yeah. as a studio. We're looking for something unique Those and unique different. Things, yeah. yeah, just that little gem, whether it's a fabric, whether it's a, I don't know what it might be. It could be pottery, it could be an artist, it could be all those things. So, you know, that's what we look for. Okay. Let's move on to shows. I mean, obviously, we're here at Design Central Northwest. We've got Design Central Southwest. Yes. And the show you've opened in Essex. But do you think there, are, there is enough for designers in the regions to sustain them, those kind of events or exhibitions? Um, yes, I think there is. I think I, when I first started this, there was nothing here at all. Absolutely no. nothing. And... Since we started this, it gets you start a ball rolling. People start going, "Oh, well, if somebody else has done that, I can do that, or I can do that." And there's little shows pop up. So there was something going on in Manchester yesterday. I don't know what it was—a fabric show somewhere. Um, but I think that was more commercial. So there's there's quite a lot of commercial things go on in the city centre in Manchester because there's a lot of architects' practices now in Manchester city centre. Yeah. There's lots of building going on there, that type of thing. Um, all the shows around here. There's ourselves. There's not much more than that, really. Is There's there? um, Design Festival North, um, yeah. which was on in the summer, but I felt that was more commercial, it's commercial. so it wasn't really for me. Yeah. But it was still interesting to see mm. who was there mm. and what, you know what, what exhibitors there were. Yeah. Yeah. But and in the southwest, 
Um, so I think um, we would benefit from more events like the sorts mm. of events that Design Central put on. I mean, you know, obviously we have well, Bristol, we have Bath, and they have lots of things there. <laughs> but in terms of, um, you know, with your shows, you, the shows have to be big enough to make it worthwhile going. You yeah. don't want to go to a little show that's yeah. only got a few local yeah. suppliers there yeah. because it's not really worth your while doing that. And so the sorts of things that, you know, Kath brings around the country does put you in touch with some of those, you know, bigger yeah. brands that you want to be talking to without having to go there um, but I definitely think there's room for more sorry Kath come come back another show come back another show <laughs> twice a year yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, the one thing about the southwest is I, I have got a list of about six up-and-coming small brands of wallpapers fabrics mm. who want a space but who do not have big budgets to pay for a space mm. but we need the big budget people in to cover the costs and I then try and get them a small space, but there's so many of them. And I feel like I want to help them, but I can only help so many at a time. Mm -hmm. So there's all these gorgeous things out there that I want people to see, but I can't always get it to them. Mm -hmm. I think there's, there's got to be another way of doing that. I'm thinking about that at the minute. That is possibly another show that on a different guise, but you know, there's lots of different things to see. Mm -hmm. That, as Fiona says, it's small shows or you know that type of is thing. There, is there scope for doing road shows? There are roadshows already, so Taste of Design do a roadshow, mm. um, but I don't. I'm, that would be really difficult to do. You know, this is difficult enough to set this up, and three of these a year is hard work. Don't get me wrong, but perhaps a smaller one, or we do it and add on to another day to this. That's maybe new designers come and that yeah. type of thing. Mm. But it's finding the space. You know, we're 85 meters long here. So we can't go, we can go further. If we go any further, we've got to extend out onto that lower lawn. And that, you end up with this Leviathan that you can't control. And I am a bit of a control freak. I think most designers are actually, we <laughs> like control of everything. And you've got to be careful that you don't go too big that then it's, it loses its sense of identity. Yeah, true, true. Okay, uh, let's move on to education because I'm interested to know <coughs> what the pipeline is like outside of London where um, most London universities are offering interior design degrees these days. What about the regional universities? Are there, are there courses that are accessible mm. for people and is that feeding through into a potential workforce for you? There are degree courses. So Manchester Metropolitan University offers a degree course in interior design. Uh, so does Chester. Um, Falmouth, Falmouth University. Yeah. Mm. Um, my experience of those courses and it's very limited from those areas is we've had students from Falmouth helping us at shows and they've been phenomenal one of them is still with us even after she's qualified she comes to help because she loves the show so much but what they were doing on those courses it was interior design but it would not relate to a commercial or a residential design practice the minute they left university they were starting yeah. on the ground up again because yeah. the stuff that you would need them to know they did not know. that's right and this is exactly what we find and it's actually the reason that our hub exists because yeah. we were finding um, and myself included as i said when i came out of education i didn't know what i was doing either mm. and there are lots of people lots of designers that come out of their education programs whether that's diplomas or degrees not knowing what to do next and not knowing how things oh. actually work on the ground mm. and that's kind of the gap that we plug really um, is that real practical hands-on tangible mm. this is how you do the job um, and some of the strengths of that come from the community that's around so there are places that do interior mm. design degrees um, 
But also there are many people that are diploma qualified and don't go on to take the degree programmes. Um, again, we have an online programme where you can um, get your diploma. And I do think that people are moving away from going to um, you know, brick and mortar institutions. Mm -hmm. And I think education is really changing. People, as I said, are educating themselves later in life. They are changing careers. Mm -hmm. um, and people have to fit education around children around you know caring for elderly relatives yeah. around their existing careers because they need to keep working whilst they're studying and having flexible online options is actually becoming increasingly really important mm -hmm. and as I said most of our people are midlife career changers rather than those that would ever consider going to a brick-and-mortar mm -hmm. university. But what about continual professional development, CPTs, how easy is it for people in the regions to stay up to date with regulations and, and product launches and not product launches so much but more you know knowledge mm -hmm. we were due to have a cpd today and tomorrow from alternative law and unfortunately that has had to be cancelled through family ill health but events like this cpds can easily be yeah. done this way or there's lots of things online the biid mm. do lots of cpds mm. yeah they have a knowledge hub so they have can, a knowledge hub the yeah. in-person ones are generally in london that's, that's, you know, moving some of those out of London would be great if they could get those was, moved up. I to. was CPD director of the beach mm. yeah. and tried desperately to try and get some stuff happening in the regions. And yeah. we did do one, do you remember that? We, yeah. did a, we, did a, we did do one event in Manchester, but yeah. oh my God, it was like, it it's was so hard. It is really hard it was really work. Tricky. Yeah. And yeah. part of the problem was getting people to sign up for it. That's right. Yeah. It wasn't even just that people weren't, there were people that were willing to put CPDs on, but then yeah. getting designers to commit yeah. is part of the battle. Yeah. I think That's people right. are really time poor as well. You know, yeah. we all have such busy lives that actually committing to and attending an in-person event is actually quite a big commitment. Mm -hmm. um, the CPD that we offer is online and you just have to log on you know, at the right time to catch that live or to catch the recording afterwards. And it's a much quicker thing than having to go to an event, organise your transport, you know, book your time out, book your childcare, whatever it is. Um, and I do think that things are moving away from always being in person. I think these person. are the skills that we learned during COVID, aren't they? Yes, yes. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and for a lot of people, it's not just childcare, it's elderly parent yes. care as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of people sort yeah. of, a bit younger than myself, who have got children, they've also got elderly parents, yeah. and they're stuck in the middle. Managing childcare is maybe the easy part, managing elderly parent care mm. is a whole other ball game, mm. and you're then trying to get CPD in yeah. somewhere online as well. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice to escape to do that because it gives you time to yourself rather than doing it online because you might still have that little voice in the background. So it's, I think a mix of both would be really yeah. good online and be able to do them in person. I agree. I do think that sometimes there's, um, I don't know if it's an old-fashioned view or an elitist view, that doing something online is not as good as doing it in person. Yeah. Um, and I really do think that that is shifting and that that is changing and that people are embracing the fact that education can be delivered even better than in person online. You can build amazing communities online. Um, you can... Um, have your CPD, you can, things are much more accessible when you just have to log in via your laptop as opposed to going somewhere in person. And I'm not saying at all that in-person events are not worth it, of course they are, but I do think that having something that's available online really does make the whole industry more accessible to people. Mm. And Fiona, you sit on the British Institute of Interior Design Council of Directors, mm -hmm. so what role has the BIID got in all of this, do you think? 
in terms of in terms of broadening education out to the regions, supporting interior designers in the region. I was trying to say is is the BIID too London centric? <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, they are. Yes, Absolutely they are. They yeah, are. I'll be I'll be the first one to say yes, they are. However, they are trying to change that, and myself and Verity, who was on your panel last year, are the champions of outside of London, <laughs> absolutely rooting for the fact that we need to either send more people out, etc. Like lovely Daisy's here today, so if any of you are interested in the BIID, then go and speak to Daisy. Yeah. She's uh, she's very lovely. She's, she's very she's lovely. Super. Yeah, she is. So we we partnered with the BIID for our next three shows as well. We are Design Central with the BIID making design regional. That's what we are That's trying it. to do. Yeah. So we've got Daisy here today. We're hoping Daisy may be able to join us in Southwest mm -hmm. Good. and other yeah. places. But yeah. also we've got Kate and her team as well doing a similar sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. I think that building that sense of community is really important because it, it can be a lonely job if mm. you're stuck oh, out yeah. somewhere Definitely. a long way away from other people so Definitely. and yeah. you've talked a lot about online communities helping mm. yeah absolutely and although our community is online we do also meet up in person as well mm -hmm. um, and what we find as well about um, you know we have one central community where people come together online but people also meet up together so they've met each other through the hub and they then go and meet up at local things or just go out for coffees together we've got people here today from the hub um, that because you've got this event here and it's local to, to people they're coming here as a central point in the northwest to meet up and they're going to spend the day together they're going to look at some suppliers they're going to connect so online communities very much spill out into real life um, and they don't have to be just exclusively online or exclusively in person um, but the beauty of it is that you can connect nationally with people that are interested in the same thing and then you can look for your smaller communities regionally as well. We were talking about um, there was a fantastic group I'm just wondering what other opportunities or what other attempts there have been to get regional networking groups happening um, be, the, be it online or in person and there were a few years back there was a fantastic group called Concept Noor mm, yeah. who were arranging CPDs yeah. and, and designer events and da 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 happened to them they were fabulous those girls they were um, yeah. they're, they're still about they're, they're just really busy so really busy their, their day jobs got really really busy I mean, that's, so that's the problem isn't it? unfortunately really, really someone like like you kate that's mm. that's kind of focusing on that and giving someone a platform yeah, yeah. and, and you yeah. can't do that and have a day job and look after elderly yeah. parents well, yeah. and organize yeah. your children Absolutely. that's right also i think they did find it quite difficult to get people again to come it to was. events yeah yeah it's you people know. committing they'd get a it's load of people sign up and then they'd have 50% dropout. Yeah, yeah. So. You do. Anything that you book, like yeah. this, these events, you always work on a minimum sort of 50% dropout. We're mm. quite fortunate. Ours is generally about 35 to 40%. That's how, you, that's how you do it. Anything like that, you know you've got to get twice as many people yeah. invested as you know will come. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so final question for you, Kath. What's the... <laughs> I kind of know the answer already, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> What's the one piece of advice you would give to suppliers who would like to sell more in the regions? Come to Design Central. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Any other advice, Kev? <laughs> Any other advice? Yeah, come and have a look. You know, there's, there is a plethora of interior designers, not just in the Northwest. There's a young lady has got on a ferry from the Isle of Man to come here today. She's driving on a motorway for the second time in her life. And if somebody like that is prepared to make that effort, the least you can do is come and show what you've got. If you want her to sell your stuff, come and show them what you've got. And Isle of Man, huge market. Huge market. Yeah. And then Fiona, um, what is the one piece of advice you would give to designers 
to enable them to access the products, information and community enjoyed by the Londoners? Join the BIID, I would say. Uh, but this is because this is where I met so many people. We have a fantastic supplier network. You can do CPDs online. They meet up every few months. Um, it's a fantastic community. You know, I've met some really lovely people. I've felt very supported if I've had questions. There's an absolute huge amount of information on the BIID website. Um, so that would be my advice. And lovely, supportive people. Kate, if there are any designers in the regions with FOMO, what would you say to them? <laughs> Um, d definitely, obviously, come and join the Interior Designers Hub. Um, so <laughs> it's almost like it's staged this, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you for the plug. But you could have noticed that. Um, so we, we bring the suppliers to our designers as well. So we have suppliers that come in and do guest speaker slots. They'll present their new ranges. Um, and they often sometimes put on events around the country as well. So they'll invite our designers to go and have a look at their factories or their manufacturing plants. Um, and so, you know, there's, there are those opportunities to build relationships with suppliers. Um, to build relationships with other interior designers. And can I just say as well that this industry is amazing for collaboration and in our community I've never seen um, such amazing collaboration and willingness to help and support other people. And I think especially when you're a sole interior designer on your own and you don't have a studio of people that are around you, having that community that you can tap into whenever you need it is priceless. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. As, a, as a designer, I used to love a factory visit. Yeah. Loved a factory visit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I love a factory visit too. Nothing nice. The very first one I ever did was when I was at Laura Ashley. It was Knightsbridge Furniture in Barnsley. And we, we went, and there was literally tree trunks going in one end and furniture coming out the other. It was amazing. <laughs> and it just, you know, when you know how stuff's made as a designer, you can sell it to yes. anybody because you've seen how yeah. that works. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and also you can give the client the story, so then they yeah. tell the story. Absolutely. Right. They love it. Yeah, they love it. Right. You know? So this is just one lucky last question, sort of just open to anyone who's got, what is the most funny or shocking London-centric thing that's ever <laughs> happened to you? Open to the floor. Come on, Kath, you've got a good one. <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Oh, possibly. Not knowing where Cheshire is? Not knowing where Cheshire is. No, I think one of, one of the best ones. <laughs> I, had a client, I took a client down to one of the, it was like Focus or whatever, because we were doing a huge project and we could go and see everything, which was lovely. And we, do you know, we used to do the transport between Sloan Square and the harbour. Mm. So we got into the transport and there was a little old lady outside with these bags wandering around. Anyway, she got into the front of the transport. It was like, I think she thinks this is a bus. So I'm, I'm not so nervous. So my client, being my client, said to her, uh, "You do know this is just going to the harbour." Oh yes, darling, I've always been there. Right, okay. So off we go. So we're trotting around, and about three hours later, we saw her on a bar stool in Fox Linton, where she promptly slid to the floor. We saw her being slowly, surreptitiously moved out, put back in the bus and taken back to Sloane Square and apparently she was some really famous interior designer who I didn't know, had never seen and she used to come every year for the party. <laughs> it was like, that's the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. But it was she gently just slid off the stool into a little pile on the floor of Fox Linton's Thank you so much. Can we have a round of applause please? Ladies, that was great. Thank you so much. Thank you've just you. given us such a, a, an overview. And I just can see that there is this amazing 
kind of enthusiasm and joy and movement mm. out into the regions away mm. from London. So mm. London, look out. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. There is life outside London. There is. There absolutely is. Thanks so much for today. Thanks also for hosting us on this uh, wonderful day. Welcome and uh, delighted to be here and uh, thanks also to our series partners Havwoods they've got a big bus parked outside I'm sure you've seen it uh, the prevailing name in beautiful wood flooring we thank them too for their support we do hope you've enjoyed this episode and please do get in touch on our social channels at interior design business pod to share any feedback the interior design business is a wildwood plus production thank you